0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Therapized. If you're not my mom or one of my three normal listeners, my name is Cassie Dennis and I am a therapist. Please forgive my crappy, crappy audio this week. I'm in Connecticut trying to escape my same four walls as I'm sure so many of us are desperate to do. And of course, I forgot my microphone. So bear with me through the crinkling and the crackling and the sounding like I may or may not be inside of a paper bag because I swear this week's episode is really great. So without further ado, I would love to introduce you all to Felipe. Now that's not Felipe, that's not Philip, that's Felipe. All right. Welcome to the podcast, Felipe. I'm
1: really glad to be here.
0: Your name is all right. Felipe, not Felipe. Not Yes.
1: Philly. Not Felipe. Yes.
0: Mm-hmm. and Like a flea on a dog and pee. <laughs> tell us a little bit about who you are.
1: Well, I am a almost 23 year old Brazilian who is currently living in the States, getting his college degree, you know, just getting that bread. I've been in the States for about six years now um I've lived in all kinds of different places I've lived in Canada I've lived in Germany but somehow I ended up in Abilene Texas
0: <laughs> how long have you been in Abilene
1: um I have been in Abilene it's going to be four years now when I graduated in May, so I've okay. been here for almost four years
0: awesome yeah so I'm going to ask you three very important questions to get. okay to I'm you. ready okay hey, first if you were a vegetable, what would you be?
1: I would be a zucchini.
0: Ooh, I like. Zucchini. I really,
1: I really like zucchinis.
0: Okay, that's solid. Yeah. Nice green, very bright. Yeah. Kind of mm-hmm. versatile. Good answer. Out of Thank all you. the places you lived, what was your favorite place?
1: Definitely Canada. Mm. I lived in Toronto for a few months and it was, it was just a really cool experience. You know, everyone is so polite and I know people say that about Canadians all the time, but they really are very polite. And I really appreciate that.
0: Love it. And finally, what is your favorite milk substitute?
1: Um, (laughs) my favorite milk substitute. I would say just almond milk, vanilla almond milk, the unsweetened one.
0: Ooh, good choice. Yeah. I always go unsweetened. Yeah. All right. So now that we know everything there is to know about you, and we're all basically best friends, (laughs) how about you tell us a little bit about your history with mental health and with mental health treatment?
1: All right. So I was abused as a young child, so I suffered through a trauma Um, in those very early developing years of my brain and I had to start PTSD treatment when I was about five and a half six years old and I don't really remember a whole lot of it I just remember that I would go in and I would play with the toys that my therapist would give me and I would just play and answer questions as we went along and As I got older, instead of playing with toys, we would play board games. And we would always talk about... If I had to tell you one thing that I remember the most from those years would be we focused a lot on finding my control because my emotions were just all over the place all the time. At school, in the mall, just everywhere, I had no control over my emotions. And I would go into panic attacks and I would go into... Yeah. So a lot of it was just focusing on finding that control. And I remember that my therapist, my first therapist ever, she would tell me, where is your little remote control? you got to find your remote control. And then I just remember that at home, my mom would always say, where is your control? And then I would always be like, all right, you're right. I have to find my control. You know? So yeah. Does, does that answer your question?
0: Yeah. I love that imagery that they used, finding your remote control. So you're also very open about your bipolar disorder. Could you tell us a little bit about what living with that looks like for you?
1: Yes. So when it comes to my bipolar, I was diagnosed a year ago. So I'm very much so still learning how to live with it. So what it looks like to me is I take my mood stabilizers every day. I usually take them at bedtime because they make me very groggy. So I take my mood stabilizers. And really, it to me, it came down to doing what's healthy and not doing what feels good. Because a lot of the time, healthy is not a feeling, it's a choice. We have to choose to do what's going to be good for us mentally. So like, if a friend invites me to go out very late at night, I have to say no now. Because I know how crucial it is for me with bipolar to have a good night of sleep. You know, it's not drinking alcohol anymore. It's, you know, it's finding those little things that, you know, are going to help you in the long run. They might not feel good right now, but they will serve you in the long run. Mm-hmm. So that's what I've been trying to do is just, you know, trying to find triggers, trying to figure out, like, what helps with, the tr- with certain triggers, what doesn't help. You know, finding the right balance of meds and all of that always comes into the picture as well um because on top of my mood stabilizers I also take anti-anxiety I take antidepressants um I have like an emergency medicine that I take every now and then if I have a really bad panic attack or if I'm going into a manic episode I can take that and I feel my nerves just kind of calm down a little bit you know
0: Mm -hmm. so what have therapists done with you treatment wise to help you manage that have you have you specifically focused on that in the last year
1: not as much as i would like to because not not trying to throw any shade but the therapist i see currently is the therapist that works for my university and she's a good therapist but she can be kind of inconsistent sometimes so i haven't really been having consistent therapy since my diagnosis but it's kind of like i just kind of text her whenever i feel like things are getting out of control and then we meet and then we work on things that will help me get through what i'm going through at that moment but like i've never really had a therapist sit me down and be like okay like this is how we're gonna treat your bipolar Mm. um i have had a really good friend of mine and you know her she's like my american mom who is also a therapist, she helps me a lot, like a lot, you know, to just go through my thought process. And she knows my triggers better than I do. She's like, she knows me better than I do sometimes. So sometimes she can catch me going into a manic episode before I can.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It's kind of crazy, you know, but yeah, it's just, Well, what I've been trying to focus on is what I told you is like, nobody chooses to eat a salad. Well, some people do, you know, I don't choose to eat a salad really, (laughs) you know, but sometimes you have to, because, you know, it's going to be healthy for you. So that's Mm -hmm. what I've been really focusing on in therapy.
0: So it sounds like your formal therapy experiences have been kind of more reactive than preventative.
1: Okay. I would agree to that.
0: How was accessing mental health care as an international student, like just since leaving Brazil in general?
1: When I first came to the States, I went to a junior college in East Texas who didn't have counseling services at all. Like, I don't think I even knew anyone who had any mental health issues. And the ones that I knew, it was just kind of like, they were just going day by day with not having therapy or anything like that because something that I found here in Texas is that a lot of people don't believe you when you say that a lot of people don't believe you when you say you have mental health issues due to their religion, mm. to their religious beliefs. They're like, you don't need medicine. You didn't need to go to therapy. Well, you need, you need to pray. You know, like I had a lot of friends who's like to this day, their parents still don't believe they have issues and, You know, they've been in and out of mental health institutions, like for the past three years now, Mm
2: -hmm. and
1: they still don't believe it, you know. So that's something that I found really hard here in Texas, specifically in these like more remote areas, finding people who are open enough to not have this stigma around mental health, Mm -hmm. you know. But once I transferred to Abilene and I started living here. My university offers treatment, so it was a lot easier for me to get connected with a counselor.
0: Mm-hmm. So I don't really know anything about like the mental health climate in Brazil. I know that mm-hmm. here in the States, it varies a ton by what state you're in, et cetera. Um, can you tell me a little bit about your experiences with the mental health world in Brazil? Any aspects yeah. that you think are different, worse, better?
1: One thing that I hear a lot, especially from friends that I have that are from Brazil who go to counseling there is that they've never been on any kind of medication.
2: Mm.
1: Most of them, most therapists in Brazil, from what I hear, because my experiences with therapists in Brazil, I was, I was a kid, so I don't really like remember much, you know, to compare now when I'm an adult. Um, but they say that they, they've never been on medicine. And I feel like the first thing that happened to me once I started counseling here in the States is that they just kind of slapped me with a bunch of medicine,
2: mm-hmm. you know,
1: which is helpful now that I know I have bipolar, you know, I can just go without it. Um, but then it was a really scary thought, you know, because even me coming from Brazil at 17 years old, I was like, huh, this is a lot of medicine. Am I, does this mean I'm crazy? Mm-hmm. You no, know, I, I also had that stigma around mental health, mental health. So I would say that's one of the main differences. I feel like in Brazil, counselors and therapists usually try to have a more, more of a holistic approach
2: mm-hmm.
1: to treating you, you know, like what's, what's the root of this issue? Like, let's go deep, let's fix it. Let's go back. Mm-hmm. You know, when I feel like here, a lot of the time, the first thing therapists will do is they will put you on medication. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if any of that makes sense.
0: Yeah, no, that's very interesting. I feel like the, like medication has its upsides and downsides, obviously. Like some people Mm -hmm. do amazing on medication and that's what they need to really just help them function. And that's great. And at the same time, I, I do have a problem with providers who try it, first thing for everything instead of like trying out other things Mm -hmm. first or it makes sense as a first line of defense if someone is like too too deep or too disengaged to come to therapy and like they need that boost just to help them get into behavioral stuff but that is interesting I feel like it Mm -hmm. has its pluses and its downsides but I'm glad that you have found kind of yeah. a, a medication combo that really works for you. I know that's a really hard process for some people to get to.
1: Yeah, it's taken almost a year, but I'm finally here, you know. <laughs> so.
0: so what do you do for self-care now? You said that you uh, go to bed, you you've really value sleep and kind of making healthier choices for yourself mm-hmm. to help manage. What else do you do that makes you feel like you're in a good place?
1: I have been loving watching Netflix documentaries lately. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So usually what I do is like, I have a bedtime routine. I've found that that's really important. It kind of just like, sometimes my brain has a hard time understanding that it's time to go to bed, Mm -hmm. you know, so my body will be very tired, but my brain is just going very fast, very loud. And I've found that having a bedtime routine really helps me send that message to my brain like hey you have 15 minutes to play with your dollhouse and we have to go to to bed you know what I mean like it's time um, so usually what I do is I take a hot shower I come back I put my comfy pajamas on and I have a body lotion that has melatonin infused in it oh I don't really I'm not really sure how that works but it smells like baby powder and it makes me feel very relaxed <laughs> And so I put that on and I also have a diffuser. So I use my diffuser a lot. It goes like 24 seven every single day, every single second of the day. My diffuser is going with some lavender essential oils in it. I just find it very relaxing. I also really enjoy reading. I used to enjoy reading a lot when I was a teenager. And once I got to my twenties and I moved to the States, I kind of stopped and i've been trying to get back to that so i'm currently reading jonathan vanessa's book um his autobiography
2: Ooh. and
1: it's good it's good I, I really enjoy reading before bed
0: that's so, awesome listening to your bedtime you, routine just like makes me want to go take a nap uh-huh. right now like it sounds so relaxing
1: <laughs> <laughs> it is it is very relaxing um Something that also helps me a lot um, to keep my mental health in check is to hang out with friends I feel safe with. Mm-hmm. I found that if I put myself around a lot of people that, one, don't know about my mental health history, two, just people that I don't know well in general, if I were to come to a point where I felt anxious for any reason, that anxiety would just increase Due to the fact that I'm not around people I know. And I don't feel like I'm in a safe environment. So what I've been doing recently is. I've been trying to. How can I say this? I try to see my friendships as a tree. You have friends that are like leaves. And they're beautiful. And they're needed for a season. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: But whenever, whenever the weather changes. They fall. I have friends that are like branches. They're a little sturdier. They can take the weather change, but if the wind picks up, they break. And then you have your friends there, like your roots. You can go months and weeks without talking to them, but they're there for you even when you fall, right?
2: Mm-hmm. So
1: the, what I've been trying to challenge myself to do recently is to instead of spending 80% of my energy on leaves and branches, I spend that energy on those one and two friends that I know are my roots. Mm-hmm. and I can always count on them and they can always count on me you know I found that that helps me not get as overwhelmed
0: I love if that, that makes any sense what a great analogy yeah that makes perfect sense yeah well thank you so much for talking with me about this and for coming on the podcast and just sharing your story with yeah. you I really appreciate it